Next on BYU Sports Nation, another basketball season-ending injury. Who's out for the season, and what does it mean for a BYU hopeful run in the NIT? Analyst Corey Williams will be on tonight's ESPN2 broadcast. What does he think of this BYU basketball team? Plus, are going for two picks. Getting down to the wire, and we'll get to know UT Arlington, plus the return of distance track coach Diljeet Taylor to Studio B. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. What is good? BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It's Wednesday, March 15th, the day before the day. Jerem Jordan alongside... 9 p.m. tip proponent, Jason Shepard. Let me explain myself. I think the forgotten market is the Hawaii market. And so I'd like to put Hawaii Thank you, Neil Everett. in the primetime area. So whatever, whatever tip time yeah. makes it easier for Hawaii, because I know things yeah. are tough for them There's there. There's a lot of BYU fans in Hawaii. Yeah, you know, yeah absolutely. That's, that's why. Yeah. But the, the BYU basketball tip time was moved from 7 Mountain, or 9 Eastern, to 11 Eastern, 9 Mountain tonight. So get a nap, everybody, because BYU's playing at 9 p.m. Mountain Time tonight. Can't wait for that. Get a nap in, everybody. You know why? Because of the snowstorms on the East Coast, the Syracuse. It's an East Coast bias is why. UNC Greens. <laughs> it's an East Coast weather bias. It's an East, East Coast yeah. snowstorm bias. Yeah, so get ready for that. That's <laughs> exciting. Which brings us to today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. Ball night in the Marriott Center. BYU hosts UT Arlington, as mentioned, 11 p.m. Eastern time tip. Live on ESPN2 and BYU Radio. We'll talk with Corey Williams, the analyst tonight on the broadcast. You can listen to it on BYU Radio as well. Yesterday, Dave Rose announced another season-ending injury for the Cougars, this time Elijah Bryant. Yeah, he's, he's out. He's uh, re-injured his knee in the uh, St. Mary's game, so he's done for the season. Hopefully we can get it evaluated and get him on the road to recovery. Dave Rose sounds pretty bummed about it from from his I voice think, there. I think everybody's pretty bummed about it. Yeah, we don't know when he injured it, but it was in the St. Mary's game. And we don't know the severity of the injury. Uh, they don't know if he needs surgery or not. Now, there is a big difference, Jason, between if he re-tore his meniscus versus, right. say, an ACL tear because... Uh, if he ter- tears ACL, that affects next season. Yeah, if- yeah. one has more of an impact on next year yes, than the other does. Absolutely. And th- yeah, and that's what we don't know at this point. So obviously you're hoping for the best for, for Elijah first and foremost. You want to make sure that he's healthy. But you're right. I mean, this has just been a season Kyle of... Kyle Davis, yeah, I mean, LJ Rose, and now Elijah. Yeah, Ray. just unfortunate wow. injuries to really key players. And I mean, it's, it's unfortunately it's been... One of the reasons the season has played out like it has. Yes. And, and I mean, it, it's, it's not been a, it, a disappointing yeah. basketball season because of injuries in youth. And you can't foresee those things, right? But in sports, you get hurt. In sports, you, you learn things. And then, you know, you hope BYU makes a run, which we'll break down coming up uh, more in what's trending. Davin Gwynn will start in the place of Elijah Bryant. This is why coaches preach so much about depth, regardless of what the sport is. Whether you're talking football or basketball, whatever the case may be, depth is such a huge thing that coaches have to deal with because, you, like you said, you just never know 
when somebody's going to get hurt and somebody's going to have to step into those shoes and produce because that's the name of the game. You, you got to produce. So yeah, I mean, it's certainly uh, it's certainly an unfortunate uh, situation that BYU basketball finds itself in again. It, it's piling on. Yeah, there's no question. The NIT. And the injury. Come on. Come on. (laughs) Spring football practice number eight is going on as we speak for BYU football. Ty Detmer joined BYU Sports Nation and said he's excited to do more this spring, and that should make fans pretty happy. This year I'm excited we'll be able to do more stuff and show a little more and and, uh, open up the playbook a little more for the spring game. So uh, I'm excited about that, and I know a lot of the fans all across the country are excited they'll get a chance to see it. Yeah, a lot of very, very positive feedback on the fact that the fans are going to be able to check that out. And also fans are going to be able to see a practice coming up on Friday. The Cougars taking the practice on the road down to St. George, Utah. That will be Friday around 3.30 is the practice. I'm actually going to be down there and kind of give you the sights and sounds of what's going on in lovely southern Utah. That'll be great. So not only is the spring scrimmage televised on March 25th, but... Friday, an open practice on the road in St. George for the first time, so that's going to be awesome. Last night, BYU baseball lost 8-6 to New Mexico State. Coach Mike Littlewood said BYU was on its heels and came out complacent. The Cougars host Connecticut tomorrow through Saturday. 25th-ranked softball hosts the Maine Black Bears today for a doubleheader that will be live on BYU TV starting at 6 Eastern time. The Cougars have won seven out of their last eight games. Spencer Linton, Gary Shidey on the call. It's the home debut for the Cougars who are off to a hot start this season. They are ranked and they are awesome. Check it out coming up at 6 Eastern as you mentioned. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending brought to you by Ahern Rentals. Your next job is our priority. You're talking about it and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Defining success. Given the Elijah Bryant news and the fact that top seed Cal is out. Oh, by the way, Utah lost to Boise State. Indiana lost. So uh, one, two, three, you know, those seeds lost last night. The NIT is wide open, which is fun. Uh, And Cal is the one seed in BYU's quadrant. They don't call it a region. They call it a quadrant, Jason. You need to put these glasses on if you're going to say quadrant. Quadrant. (laughs) It looks like BYU has a chance to make a run, but Elijah Bryant's out. So do they or do they not? Bryant's a big piece of the puzzle for Cougar hoops. But what will it take for the Cougars to last in the NIT and for it to be a success? That brings us to today's Twitter question. How do you define success for BYU in the NIT? First tweet coming in from CJ Hershey, get to Madison Square Garden. That would mean three wins because it's a 32-team tournament. So five wins to win the whole thing, three to get to the semifinals. That would be good. And that's something that BYU has done and done recently, which brings us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU has made it to New York City the last two NITs that they've played in. So if, if you're not going to be in the NCAA tournament, which is a disappointment, right? At least make it fun and make a run. Okay, so BYU did that. And the last two NITs, the last two... You know, two out of the last, or the last two seasons, I think, two out of the last three, BYU's made it to New York City. So I, I would say that, that I would agree with that idea that BYU, if BYU gets to New York City, that is a success. I can't see a situation in my mind where, okay, if BYU loses tonight, disappointment. If BYU loses the second round game to Houston or Akron, eh, disappointment. Even the third game, I, because it's not Cal, it's going to be 
somebody else. So for you, the minimum you got to get to is minimum is getting yeah. to New the York world's City. most famous arena. Yes, and and that would be a great experience. And we've had cool coverage from there yes. in the past. And and it's at Madison Square Garden. And you play three extra games. Think about it. Think about it. If BYU wins three games in the NIT, they'd have twenty five wins, and they'd be. They'd have that, that thing that fans called for before the season with this group. The final four. But it's what? in the NIT. It's not the one that you want. It's not the one that they were talking used. about. Yeah. No, it's not this the one. This hat's not being used, unfortunately. <laughs> in fact, let's get it out of here. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, Webster's Dictionary defines success. No, I'm not. <laughs> what, are you giving me a church talk? <laughs> no. <laughs> the no. bishop asked me to speak on. <laughs> and uh, Yeah, no. Don't tell me the subject. Wait. The easy and quite frankly, the answer to this is to get to New York. That that is success. Okay, certainly winning the NIT would be a success for BYU basketball. However, with all of that said, I'm going to go a little bit off the off the uh, the grid here. Wait, the what? Elijah Bryant injury news has basically reinforced my thought that everything BYU does in the NIT is more about next year than it is about this season. Okay. Because of that, coming out of the NIT, however far you go, whether it's one game to New York City, winning it all, coming out of it healthy would be a success. BYU cannot... Too late, right? Be, well, no more injuries. Healthy from this, like, starting now. Okay? <laughs> now we start, <laughs> So yeah. BYU cannot afford a significant <laughs> injury to more playmakers that could affect next season. Okay, I feel you there. Because Kyle Davis and L.J. Rose don't affect next season. Elijah Bryant could affect next season. We don't know what it is. We don't know what the injury is. Like you, you just, you we know it's a knee. We don't know the severity. Is it torn meniscus? Is it torn ACL? There's a big difference there. Everything about this. This is, this is, this is like, you know, I, I've, I've made this comparison to a, to a bowl game. And a lot of, you hear this in, the, in preparation for bowl games, especially for guys that are coming back. And we, and we heard this about Tanner Mangum. Well, he's going to get the start in the bowl game. That's, that's more about getting himself ready for next year. It's the same thing in the NIT. This is, this is more about getting in the right frame of mind heading into next year and building some confidence moving into next season. And I think that if you can do that and stay healthy, that, that's successful. Few thoughts here. The the future's overrated. People always think the future is more important the future than the present. The, yeah. In the year two thousand, the present is more important than the future. The present is the most important thing. This this run in the NIT is about this year because we don't know that that, that like Terry Nashev came on and said, yeah, there's projected five starters next year. We don't know that all five of those guys will be here or be healthy or whatever. We don't know that. I. I think it's about now. I, th- I think this run has everything to do with now. You're hoping that there's some connective tissue to next year, but we, don't, we won't know that until next year. Creighton, I've said this, Creighton was an NIT team that BYU beat in, what, the second round in Provo last year. They're a 60 this year. That is the goal for BYU, is to turn into Creighton for next year. Magically, you're just a team from the Midwest, and you play better ball, and you learned and you get healthy, and you're good. I still have some concerns about next year's team. Where's the backcourt depth coming from for next year? Because BYU returns a few missionaries that are uh, guys that are forwards, Ryan Andrus and Luke Worthington and Dalton Nixon. So where is the backcourt depth coming from, right? So I, I hope this team makes a run. I'm certainly not saying that... For now. For, you know, 
heaven forbid it's a one and done situation, which I don't think it's Last going to be. Last night proved that that's certainly a possibility yeah, I, in this tournament. I mean, it's always a possibility. I, I think it's it's a very low possibility. I fully expect BYU to win this game tonight. As Cal expected to beat CSU I know, Bakersfield. That, that's, that's fine. I, 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 I totally understand it. And I, But I'm not saying that if it, even if it's a one and done, that next year can't be successful. I'm not saying that you have to, sure. make, that you have to make this long run of the NIT in order for next year to be successful. That's certainly not what I'm saying. But I think that the more positives you can take into the offseason, however long you play in the NIT, that can be beneficial for you next year. One of those things is to make sure that there are no more injuries to significant players. Here's why BYU needs an NIT run. They need to flush out the St. Mary's game. The St. Mary's game is the last game BYU played, and we all... Can't stand the stench <laughs> from that game. That was a terrible game. BYU lost by 31, scored 50 points. You could argue that's one of the worst losses in the day of Rosero. That was bad. BYU needs a couple games to get it out of their system, feel good, smile, laugh, enjoy life a little bit, play, play a home game or two or three. We'll see how it shakes out. Uh, because BYU could not play a true road game in this NIT, and that would be nice. So, yeah, let's let's... Let's flush out the terrible St. Mary's game with a win tonight against UT Arlington, and then let's see if BYU can make a run. That's what's trending. It's brought to you by Ahern Rentals, offering commercial and residential high-lift equipment in more than 80 locations nationwide. Let's keep rolling on, uh, on what's trending with going for two because we're getting down to the wire. We're getting can down to the wire. The future? These guys think they can. We're going for two on BYU Sports Nation. Going for two is brought to you by BYU Dining Services. If this is the last game tonight, this is it for going for two. We played from September all the way to now, and all these picks, I'm plus two on Spencer. Jason's going to weigh in. They're not going to have any bearing on There's the standings. zero bearing on anything, so you including just, life. You can just go <laughs> for the fence. Okay, Spencer Linton's picks. Do you want to represent Spencer? I will represent Spencer's picks. Uh, number one for Spencer, TJ Hawes will score double figures by halftime. Okay. Okay. Number right. two. Yeah, which is like six and a half per half. Yes. Number two. Spencer says BYU will hold UT Arlington to 30% or less from three. I hope they shoot like 28% for the season or something, and that's like on par. <laughs> I haven't even looked. I haven't even looked. Okay, my picks. Remember, I'm, I'm plus two. So what do we do if we tie? Okay. TJ Haas and Nick Emery will combine for 30-plus points. Okay, they average 26.7. So I think they go 30-plus tonight. Number two, Eric Mika will have 10-plus free throw attempts. He averages 8.5. I think Eric Mika gets the line. Remember, tonight, they reset the fouls every 10 minutes. So I, I, BYU is one of the best teams in the country to getting to the free throw line. You know who they, didn't, they don't do a good job of getting the free throw line against? St. Mary's. This is not St. Mary's, although this is the team that beat St. Mary's. As everyone knows, I, I think Eric Mika gets to the stripe a lot. Okay. Uh, mine, again... Uh, you can take these to the bank, but they have no bearing on anything. I haven't even looked at the what are, what are they? BYU will shoot over 40% from three. Mm. Right now they're averaging about 34%. That'd be nice. So they'll shoot over 40%. Davin Gwynn, who will get the start in place of Elijah Bryant, will finish with 10-plus points. So he will oh, score in double figures. That's a great pick because it's the NIT. Just, yeah, jack it up. Let's go. Yeah, so there you go. Elijah Those are my Bryant two. shots. Davin Gwynn. Let's go. So those are our going for two picks. Remember, I'm plus two. We're going to play to the end of basketball season. If BYU wins tonight, we'll have another game at least, right? If BYU gets to New York City, we'll have four games. So this, this could be interesting. Spencer can still win this. I could still win this. Jason could, could still, still not, not have win a chance at all. It. Yeah. 
That is going for two. It's presented by BYU Dining Services, chef-driven, student-powered. Our Twitter question, how do you define success for BYU in the NIT? At S.J. Roa. Three letters, W-I-N. Well, how many? <laughs> how about this one? At James Lawler 007, not having to play in it. <sighs> that's a really good that's one, a, that's actually. A downer. That's a downer right there. It's also there. a downer, but also real life. Coming up, BYU's amazing distance track coach, and we play Know the Foe after this two-minute timeout. It's my favorite segment on the show. By the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. We're simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. The conversation's happening right now on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. We've been talking about it all morning long. Men's basketball begins NIT play tonight, hosting UT Arlington, 11 p.m. Eastern Time. Catch the broadcast on BYU Radio. The game will be televised on ESPN2. How would you define success for BYU in the NIT? That's our Twitter question today. Use the hashtag BYUSN, at Sports Bros. Win the entire tournament. I think that's asking a lot without Elijah Bryant. I think it was asking a lot with Elijah Bryant. Hey, the question was not asking a lot. It's how would you define? How would you define? Okay. So he would define it as winning the entire tournament. At our Greenha, Final Four. With the one seed losing, we should definitely make it to the Final Four. Uh... This tournament has shown that uh, it can be upset-prone. There were a lot of upsets last night. Motivation is always an interesting thing. Because you think, you think, like, well, how would BYU show up to a game and not want to win it? Of course they want to win it. But did they prepare with the same kind of energy and emphasis? And will BYU execute? How much, how much do you care about the end of the season? You know, Cal didn't show up against Bakersfield. Indiana lost. Utah lost. Those were upsets. So Those much, home games. Yeah, so much of... of- these kind of tournaments are who really wants to be there. Right. You know, like who, who has the motivation to keep playing? Yeah. And I'm not, certainly I'm not saying that Cal didn't want to be there, but I mean, you can certainly read to in. To some extent, maybe they didn't. Yeah, they didn't you make just, the NCAA you just, tournament. You just and, never know. I mean, yeah. maybe it's, maybe these tournaments are won by the teams that, that are really taking advantage of the opportunity. Like for, for, uh, you know, UT Arlington, it's a big deal to be in the NIT. You're right. It's, it's for BYU to be in it. It's, it's nice. It's not what the program standard is, though. Yeah. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Uh, my favorite segment of all the segments we do on the show, and there are a lot of favorites. I love them all. So. It's called Know the Foe. It's where we basically, we, tr- uh, have trivia of how well we know the Wikipedia page of the opponent or the city. It's called Know the Foe. Let's play it. BYU Sports Nation asks, do you know the foe? Yes, we do. Okay, we will quiz each other Mm -hmm. on UT Arlington or the city of Arlington, okay, in preparation for the game tonight. Okay, I'll go first. Okay. What is the motto of UT Arlington? Is it the cultivated mind is the guardian of democracy? Is it the treasure of the mind is a deliverer of peace? Or is it the mind's eye is a gateway to knowledge? Oh. The first, second, or third one? Uh, I, for some reason, am gravitating towards the second. It is the first one. The cultivated mind is the guardians of the galaxy of democracy. Guardians of the galaxy? uh, You added that. That That was not part of it. I did add that, yeah. Okay. Um, We all know, Jerem, that BYU's new... Hand signal is, and I got to, is yeah, this, yeah, right? Yes, yes. What is UT Arlington's it hand signal? It is the same. It is the same, it yes. It is the same. 
It is the same. How weird is that? Now, now for this, this means why for for us. Yeah. For them, this is the M in Mavericks. Mavericks. That's how why they use it. Speaking of Mavericks, who had Mavericks first? The Dallas Mavericks or UT Arlington? Uh, UT Arlington. By nine years, that is correct. Yes. Well done. Thank you very much. Who is UT Arlington's primary in-conference rival? Texas State. Dang it! Yeah, we both read the Wikipedia page. <laughs> True or false? UTA had a football team. Uh, False. They're in Texas! Of course they had one! They cut the program after 1985. <laughs> uh, there is an annual tradition at uh, UT Arlington to hold a mud volleyball tournament. Oh. What is the tournament called? Is it Muddy Buddy Ball? That, that would be amazing. Those are check specs <laughs> everywhere. Uh, is it uh, the Dirty Dig or Ooze Ball? Dirty Dig. Eh. Oh, it is called ooze ball. Ooze ball. Ooze ball. That sounds, that sounds like gross. the least desirable yes. thing ever. <laughs> UT Arlington has a wheelchair basketball team. What's the nickname of the team? The oh, we- I saw the, this. The Wheelies, Moving Mavs, or Movers and Shakers? Moving move Mavs. The Moving Mavs. Yeah, I saw this. That's cool, right? Yes, they they are really good too. Okay, uh, let's see. The city of Arlington is the world headquarters for what sport? Rodeo. Eh. I'm going to put on my little uh, wrist brace. Bowling. Bowling? Yes, apparently Arlington. it's the world headquarters wow. for, the, for bowling. How about that? Okay, let's see. Do I have anything? I, don't I, really... I got another one for you. Okay, within 100 million, what's the endowment of UT Arlington? Within 100 million? Yes. 600 million? Nope. 133.8. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Okay. Uh, sounds like a lot, right? Which of these celebrities kind of attended UT Arlington? Oh, I don't. This is the one you were yes. talking about, and that I don't know. Is it William H Macy, Lou Diamond Phillips, Kelly Clarkson? Oh, it's not Clarkson. Uh, number one. <laughs> I can't even remember the names. <laughs> it is number one, but you didn't even remember Lou Diamond Phillips. I was. Sorry, I did say I had. You a, gave I, it to me. I, I heard, gave it. I heard, yes. I heard the. I uh, actually right. had Lou Diamond first, but I mentioned Macy first. What it a, was Lou Diamond Phillips. You got it wrong, kind of right. Lou, La Bamba, Richie Valens. Oh, La Bamba. Oh, Bamba. Yeah, 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 yes. yeah. Okay, yeah. You mean you did know I watched Lou the movie Diamond in Phillips. Spanish class in high school? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got another for you. What okay, are UT okay. Arlington school colors? Orange and blue. Yes, they're, bas- they're the Boise State. They're basically Boise State in Arlington. They have a uh, you know a horse mascot, the Mavericks, and they're orange and blue. So Boise State be Utah. So in comes UT Arlington. I think we should go play some ooze ball. I, ooze ball sounds fun. <laughs> that is know the foe, and it's my favorite segment because it's just pure nonsense. Our Twitter question: How do you define success for BYU in the NIT at Jimmy Chesh? By declining the invitation, hashtag never NIT, hashtag expect better. <laughs> what? Your, your program hubris no, is so you. large no, that you just you. decline the NIT. No. I, I think there are some benefits to the NIT. I think BYU, the, the disappointment of not making the tournament, by the way, that happened like a month and a half ago. Like, I can understand. We've all it, known for a yes, while. Yes. I can understand the fact that some. Like football programs that don't have a lot of money 
in the athletic department, sometimes they'll decline because they're going to end up losing money by going to the bowl game. Yeah. Like, I can somewhat understand that. I still think, in a way, you're kind of cheating the players out of it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you're not going to turn down an opportunity to keep playing. Yeah, and BYU's got a home game, which is great, and I'm interested to see what the crowd's like tonight and the viewership and, you know, you have the games in Dayton going on tonight, kind of head-to-head, but it's going to be fun because it's March Madness and BYU's still playing. And that's awesome, uh, so let's keep it going. Use the hashtag BYUSN and weigh in at Kip Kent, Arlington, Houston, Colorado State, Syracuse, Illinois State. None of those sound unbeatable to me. BYU will be NIT champs. Calling a shot. I think the competition is fun, right? I th- Last year it was great to have Creighton and Virginia Tech and, and UAB in the Marriott Center. Terry Nash have said it's fun to get matchups we wouldn't normally get in here. UT Arlington, I wouldn't say is one of those, but I don't know, uh, like a Houston or a Cal would have been, right? Come on, the, the Houston BYU matchup. That's that's intriguing. That's, that's Dave the Rose. Dave Rose classic right there. LJ We've Rose. We had the Steve Cleveland classic possibly playing Fresno State. Yeah. This is the Dave Rose classic. We were hoping it would be BYU taught. That is now Here gone. You got to get past UT Arlington first, which they will, by the way. UTA, man. Coming up, why Shay Collinsworth says she is so good this season and it's not her doing, but first. ESPN analyst Corey Williams on how the Cougars will fare tonight. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by BYU Dining Services. Chef-driven, student-powered. Welcome back. I'm Jerem Jordan. He's Jason Shepard in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio and BYU TV. We're also on demand anytime, anywhere. In fact, if you missed our conversation about the injury to Elijah Bryant and what would define success for BYU, you can download the podcast or uh, the apps, BYU TV, BYU Radio as well. We've been talking about the men's NIT well. BYU Women's Hoops will be hosting Washington State tomorrow night in the first round of the Women's NIT. The Cougars and Cougars tip off at 9 p.m. Eastern time on BYU TV and BYU Radio. If BYU men win and Houston wins, it could be Cougars versus Cougars as well. So this could be a crazy week of that. That would be Yes, that would be insane, quite honestly. It would, yeah, and it's going to be awesome, and it's on BYU TV, as you mentioned, Washington State and BYU Thursday night. Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. As mentioned, it's a ball night in the Marriott Center. The men's basketball team hosts UT Arlington, who you now know really well after we played Know the Foe. The game time was moved to 11 p.m. Eastern time, live on ESPN2 and BYU Radio. Yesterday, Dave Rose announced another season-ending injury, this time Elijah Bryant. Yeah, he's, he's out. He's uh, yeah, re-injured his knee in the uh, St. Mary's game, so he's done for the season. Hopefully we can get it evaluated and get him on the road to recovery. Yeah, a lot of low energy there from Dave Rose as he talks about another season-ending injury. That's been a real bummer for this team. But they play tonight. Davin Gwynn will start in the place of Bryant. Spring football practice number eight is going on as we speak for BYU football. After today, BYU will hold a public practice on Friday in St. George, Utah. And then after that, hit it! Countdown to the Vikings. 164. Again, nothing. The straight I, face, yeah, nothing. Listen, I'm, I'm in on hoops tonight. That's where I'm going to put all my energy, right? And then men's volleyball versus Hawaii this weekend. I don't know what it's going to take to be on board. <laughs> I don't know either. BYU baseball lost 8-6 to New Mexico State last night. Coach Mike Littlewood said BYU was on its heels and came out complacent. The Cougars host Connecticut tomorrow through Saturday. 
25th-ranked softball hosts the Maine Black Bears today for a doubleheader. You can check it out live on BYU TV starting at 6 Eastern time. The Cougars have won seven out of their last eight games. They're good, and it's fun to watch. Check it out tonight at 6 Eastern. Let's talk some more about BYU and UT Arlington, and no one better to help us learn about uh, the Mavericks and Cougars tonight than ESPN analyst Corey Williams, who's on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Corey, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. Thank you, gentlemen. How are you guys doing? We are good. Postseason hoops in town tonight. Uh, are you going bow tie or tie tonight, Corey? <laughs> oh, you know I'm coming with the bow tie. Yeah. Tradition. Got to do that. Got to stay with tradition. When did that start? <laughs> oh, my goodness. That started around the same time I started working for, I was working with Fox and ESPN, and my nephew gave me one about four years ago. And I wore it because he gave it to me. Got some compliments and kept wearing them, and it just became a thing. So now I'm stuck with it. <laughs> if somebody wore a bow tie, but it was a clip-on, would that still be considered cool? No, no, that's, that's <laughs> actually, yeah. No, I was just asking for a friend, Corey. No, no we, we don't. We don't do clip-on bow ties. Uh, and when I go shopping for bow ties, and they take me to the pre-tied, or the, I, I get insulted. I'm like, no, I need a real, actual tie. The quality, it's not even close. It's cheating. It's an insult to fashion. <laughs> Corey, we've been talking a lot today with the news that Elijah Bryant is out for the rest of the year for BYU. How big is that injury for BYU tonight and possibly moving forward? Well, I think it's, it's significant. I mean, he's a guy who started nine games, and you know he puts up some points, but he plays 24 minutes. So obviously Coach Rose needs to redistribute those minutes. Um, it'd be interesting to see if they go to more of the other starters or do they go with some bench depth? But, I mean, it's a significant uh, setback for BYU. But here's the issue. They have no problem scoring points. Uh, The question is, will starters play more? And will they be able to play more? You know, obviously try to keep guys out of foul trouble. Jalen Jones is also hurt and uh, out for the season for UT Arlington. So who's the bigger injury in this game, uh, Bryant or Jones? Jones is the bigger injury. He's a starter, second in scoring. Um, they've got more replacing to do than BYU does. Um, when you talk about those type of minutes and that type of productivity, coaches don't like to you know, be playing musical chairs this time in the season. It affects your offense. It affects your defense. At this time, there's certain settings that you're used to learning and, and running, and when you miss a player that plays that many minutes and scores like he does, I think uh, Arlington's at the disadvantage in terms of the, the injuries. When you look at these two teams, Corey, what do you think the Mavericks do better than the Cougars? Well, at first glance, I would look, you know, and, I, and this is purely on paper, I would say they defend better when I look at steals and keeping the opponents scoring, you know, down in that 65-70 point range. I think they're better defensively. However... I think that that's really going to be tested tonight. I don't think they've seen an offensive team like the Cougars in quite a while in terms of tempo and the ability to shoot the ball. They certainly haven't seen a player like Mika in the post. So while they look good in terms of steals and, and holding uh, opponents down in terms of scoring, they haven't, they haven't seen a team as good as BYU offensively. ESPN analyst Corey Williams is on BYU Sports Nation. Our Twitter question today is this. How do you define success for BYU in the NIT? What do you think? you got to get to New York, plain and simple. Um, the Cougs have had an up-and-down season. 
They shocked the world. I remember standing in the lobby. I was in Orlando, Florida, watching them knock off uh, Gonzaga. That can't be the lone highlight of this season. I think a trip to New York gives you something to hang your hat on. As an old basketball player, when we look back on our college years, what did I do my freshman year? We got bounced by Santa Clara. Sophomore year, we went to the Final Four. Junior year, we got bounced in the first round by Emil Ohio. Senior year, I mean, you define your college career by what you achieved postseason. Um, when you're in college, you don't really understand that that's the way it goes. But they've got a great opportunity to, uh, to make some noise and try to get to New York again. What's the matchup, Corey, that you're paying attention to tonight? Well, I'm really focusing on Nick Emery, and I'm looking at who's guarding him and who's he going to have to guard. He's such a dramatic player in terms of scoring and his ability to create shots for other people. Um, He's the kind of guy that can blow the game wide open with a couple of open looks. And who's he going to be guarding? Will he be expending energy um, defensively? Will the defender be able to shut him down? Uh, That match up out front, I think, is going to have a lot to do with the tempo of this game both what he's asked to do defensively and whether or not he can be contained. There are a few rule changes uh, in play tonight, which is kind of fun. They're going to reset the fouls at 10 minutes and whatnot. BYU does a great job of getting to the foul line. Eric Mika specifically, one of the best in the country, top uh, 10 in terms of free throw attempts and free throw makes. How do you think that will affect the game? I don't think that favors the Cougs because when fouls and you reset after 10 minutes, I think for the most part, you know, a team like BYU, they're used to being in the bonus the last seven, eight, nine minutes of each half because they draw fouls. You take that away when you hit the reset button. So for teams that going to the free throw line is part of their strategy, it works against them. But at the same time, foul trouble is foul trouble. It doesn't really matter when your guys pick up fouls uh, on, the, on the defensive side. you still got to coach it the same way. But offensively, it's kind of a get-out-of-jail-free card. You can hack people and then get a reset, and you're not sending guys to the line. So, I mean, it's just, I, I don't know. It doesn't really affect the game, but for teams that are physical and, and penetrate and post, it doesn't help them. Motivation is something we were talking about, and sometimes it's really hard to gauge whether you know a team wants to be in the situation that they are, and if that affects you know the, the outcome. And we saw Cal, Indiana, Utah, they all lost last night. What sense do you get in terms of that in this matchup tonight? It's hard, and I'll be quite honest with you guys. I'm headed down to shoot around right now, and I'll know the moment I step in the gym. Um, when it comes to postseason play, I mean, I had the youth last night, and I told, I could, uh, I was telling some of my colleagues to shoot around. They just didn't seem to have that spark. Um, when you get the chance to extend your season, some guys that opportunity make the most of it. I think for Utah, they weren't exactly thrilled to be the NIT, and some of it showed. I mean, they took a 15-1 to run at the end of the game in their home gym to lose, and that was totally uncharacteristic of that type of program. Uh, with BYU, I think last year they were excited, uh, still had some basketball left in them. But like I said, I'll be able to tell a shoot-around today. If guys are flying around, if the attitude is good, which it normally is, um, that's all the motivation you need. Playing at Arizona, I played on teams that were beat down, mentally tired, and literally ready to go home, and we ended up getting beat in the first round. So at this point, guys are tired. Uh, There's nothing coach has said that he hasn't said before. You've done all the drills. You've looked at the film. Now you just got to dig deep and motivate yourself, and uh, it's really out of the coach's hands at this point. Well, we will see how motivated both teams are coming up tonight. Uh, Corey, we appreciate the time. We'll listen to you uh, and watch tonight on ESPN2 at 11 p.m. Eastern time. Thank you.
for having me, guys. We appreciate it. Corey Williams on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Great insights there. I thought that the free throw, the, the foul reset would have uh, helped BYU, but he's, he's right. It could actually hurt BYU because it reset. I, I'm curious to see how both of these teams handle the, the change. It's totally different. It's, it's, it's yeah. completely different than what they're used to. It's basically like quarters without calling it quarters. Right? Right. You're going to have yeah. 20 minute half, but you're going to reset the fouls yeah. like it's quarters. Hey, coming up, two top five finishes for the women's track and field team in College Station over the weekend. Who do we have to thank for that? Diljeet Taylor. She joins us next. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. That's right. Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Watch the rebroadcast of this program at 6 Eastern Time daily weekday. Big news this week, BYU TV will be broadcasting the BYU football spring scrimmage on yeah. Saturday, March 25th at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Join us for BYU Spring Football Special Live. Can't wait. That's going to be awesome. First time uh, we're able to get in and watch the scrimmage. We've been there before, but yes. not been able to turn the cameras around and see the scrimmage. So this is the first time. Looking it's going to be great. It's going to be fun. Our Twitter question, how do you define success for BYU in the NIT at one bald Cairo doc? Are we talking about moral success or actual success? Because lately, Moral is winning out, and it's frustrating <laughs> needing to go to Madison Square Garden for both. Can I answer this? Can I answer uh, one ball Cairo doc? I feel like you're about to. Uh, yes, I am, as a matter of fact. Good call on you. Uh, we're talking about actual success, but if actual success doesn't happen, moral success. <laughs> <laughs> That's the name of the game. When you don't have the real success, uh, you got to find it somewhere, right? And sometimes that works to your advantage for later, right? All right, now uh, joining us is Diljeet Taylor. She's been on the show before. She's the assistant cross-country coach and distance coach. Congratulations on all the success in College Station over the weekend. Thanks. It was a lot of fun. Shay Collinsworth, um, whenever she has a great race, she's like, Diljeet Taylor is the best. She's my coach. She gives you a lot of credit, which I, I think you deserve too, right? Well, I told her last time, stop giving me the props because <laughs> I'm not the one putting the spikes on and racing yeah. around the track. So, but, but coaching matters. Well, I think it has something to do with it, but yeah, yeah. Let, they're the ones that are doing the work. Yeah. So, so let's talk about the successes over the weekend. Um, who did, we reported on it, but Shea Collinsworth, the distance medley relay, they were great. Yeah, all of them. I mean, we kind of went there and got what we came for. So it was, it was exciting. So uh, DMR was on Friday night and those girls, we actually, Shay was one that had qualified in the DMR originally that gave us that third ranking, um, but not having her race to save her for the 800. We had uh, Ashley Warner, who was our lead leg, did an amazing job. Uh, and then she passed it off to Brenna Porter, who was a quarter miler. And Kyle's done a great job with her. She raced great. Uh, so we were in the race, two legs in. And then uh, Christy Rush, who was our alternate in the 800, ran a 206. I think never broke 212 uh, prior to this year. So for her to wow. split... That, she kept us in the race. We're kind of neck and neck with Oregon and Stanford and all those big teams. Um, And then our anchor leg, Erica Burke, um, All-American in cross country, has had the school record prior to Shea breaking it in the miles. So felt really comfortable once she got the baton that she was going to bring us home in fashion. And as soon as those three programs took off, which was Colorado, Stanford, and Oregon, with two laps to go, Erica was right on their coattails, so... And, and you took, they took fourth? Yep, we right? took fourth, yeah. It's fantastic. It was amazing. And Shay took uh, third? Yep, took third. Shay took third. Yeah, what went into that performance for her? For Shay? For Shay. Um, okay, so going in, obviously she had, has run 201, fifth, 
fastest NCAA all-time. Uh, so we knew she had a shot to win it, and that was kind of the mindset we went in. It was like, all right, all the way up. We're trying to win this national championship. And she went in all heart, ran an amazing race, her second fastest time in her life on a 200-meter bank track, which is very difficult for someone of her height to do. Um, and, and she ended up getting third, which is a huge PR for her um, from last year. And we're just going to take that momentum into outdoor. All right, now do not laugh at this question because I mean this in all seriousness. As <laughs> I'm a, laughing now. <laughs> as a coach, what goes in to making somebody or helping somebody run faster? Um, wow, there's so many facets to it. You know, I think a lot of it is giving them the confidence, and I do that through workouts. So uh, if you hear Shay or some of the other girls when they're getting interviewed, they talk a lot about how difficult our workouts are. So we do a lot of race simulation in practice. And they're really hard. But once they get to the race, they feel pretty confident. Like, okay, we've done this. She's killed us enough in workouts that we feel ready to race. Um, And then they get confidence from those workouts. And I do a lot. uh, My coaching style is I'm pretty hands-on. And I do a lot to kind of show them how much I believe in them. And I think that that works at those big meets. And it was obvious this weekend coming home with everyone running very well on the biggest stage of the year. What do you think you could get out of Jerem and I? Well, let's talk about Spencer. <laughs> he claimed that he could run a 4940. And we're like, no. And he ran it and it was like 5 something, right? 5-1 or something. Could you, could you get Spencer to 4-9? I feel like our sprints coaches maybe could get him to. I yeah. could help him in the mile. Like in the mile? Yeah, I yeah. could help him okay. in the mile. Yeah. I could help with some like... You're the distance coach. You know, yeah, yeah, distance. Yeah. I could yeah. help with maybe some... Cardio fitness, maybe some weight loss. That's more my... Uh, Are you saying that Spencer... <laughs> she slaps Jason. Um, yeah. uh, Are you saying Spencer needs weight loss? No, that, yeah. no, Wait, do I need no, to... No. The camera, Jason, remember, Jason the goes camera to the gym adds like, 10 pounds. Jason goes to the gym like every day. Spencer and I do not. I, well, I can't speak for Spencer, I guess, but I do not. Uh, Dilji Taylor, the distance coach for track. This is cross-country coach as well. It's on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, you, you don't get a break. Uh, you jump right into the outdoor track season this weekend. What can we expect from BYU track and field outdoor? Uh, well, we leave for USC tomorrow, and we're hoping to get some regional marks. Uh, some of our kids that raced indoor are resting for a couple weeks, and we'll get them ready for outdoor. I am not. Um, so we're hoping to get some regional marks. And, again, you're going to see – you're going to see women's distance uh, do some great things in outdoor. We're, cross country was great with that top 10 finish. Indoor kind of fed off of that, and I think outdoor is going to even be better. Who on this team reminds you of you? Oh, that's a loaded question. Uh, <laughs> you know, I see a little bit of me as an athlete, you know, athletically. I see a little bit of me in everyone, but as far as like all around as a person, I would probably say Shay. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's an 800 meter you runner. The best runner. She married a basketball player. Yeah. So did I. Yeah. Um, our dogs look exactly alike. What? We love the sun. We love shopping. You're like um, BFFs. Is that what you're saying? No, no. I'm like the Walmart version and she's like the Nordstrom version. You know. So um, Did you buy the dogs at the same time? No. It just is random that your Are dogs look the same parent. I know. They no. They just look alike. I've had mine for two years. I think she got hers last year. What kind of dog is it, by the way? Uh, mine's a Maltese Poodle and hers is like a Cocker Spoo or I don't know what. One of those hybrid. I don't know dogs very well, so you're yeah, you're looking at the wrong guy. I you're you're independent in one, but MPSF in another, right? Is it indoor? Is MPSF or yeah, indoors MPSF, and then you're independent. Yeah, independent track, outdoor. Yes. So what does that mean? 
Uh, well, we don't have a conference championship, so we will treat regionals kind of like our conference championship, which is fine by me because it's one less championship meet prior to NCAAs. And that's kind of the end goal anyways, mm. is to treat regionals like this is it and try to get those top 12 athletes from the region onto uh, Eugene. Does that, does that help or hurt motivation? Does it just not matter, really, having uh, a conference championship? Well, I came from a place where we had a conference championship, and I think that was fun. You could, yeah. like, you know— hype it up a little bit but as far as training goes i i'm happy with where we're at now now if we join a conference that's great too but yeah. for now independence cool is there somebody that may be flying under the radar a little bit that you expect to kind of break out yeah i feel like some of our freshmen so indoor obviously the events are a little bit different we don't have a ten thousand, and we don't have a steeplechase so those two events i think you're going to see uh some of our freshmen do some big things and and some returners from last year you know it's interesting people say to me like where'd you get all these girls from and a lot of them are the same girls from last year. So, um, so yeah, we're going we're gonna to do some big things. Well, congratulations on the indoor success. We're looking forward to the outdoor season. And, uh, of course, Shea Collinsworth and the Distance Medley Relay and a bunch of others. It's going to be awesome. The men's team as well. They're great. So we appreciate the time. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Diljeet Taylor from Track and Field. Uh, check him out. The Robinson Invitational coming up uh, here in a little bit. It's going to be fun in Provo as well. Our Twitter question, how do you define success for BYU in the NIT? At History Geek 1776. They make it past the first round. See, that's not enough for me. I need more. I need more. I want it all, like that Dr. Pepper commercial a while back. You How about that? this one? At CL underscore living. No MSG. Doesn't taste as good. I that's see what they did there. That's right. I see it. That's right. Coming up, ball night in the Merritt Center, a doubleheader for softball. And where's lacrosse in the top five? It's on the Cougar Whip around. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. It's a ball night in Provo. I love days like this. I hope basketball keeps playing. We do a show every day. That'd be be great. More content. Get a nap late in the afternoon. 11 p.m. Eastern start tonight. There's lots going on. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Men's basketball. Ball night, as you mentioned, at the Marriott Center. BYU hosting UT Arlington tonight. The game has been moved. Originally a 9 p.m. Eastern time. Moved to 11 p.m. Eastern live on ESPN2 and BYU Radio. Yesterday, Dave Rose announced Elijah Bryant is out for the season after re-injuring his knee against St. Mary's. Devin Gwynn will start in his place. Football. Spring football is wrapping up as we speak. Practice number eight for the Cougars. Remember, they practice in St. George coming up on Friday. Baseball. The Cougars lost 8-6 to to New Mexico State last night. Coach Mike Littlewood said BYU was on its heels and came out complacent. The Cougars will be back in action beginning tomorrow as they take on Connecticut for three games through Saturday. Softball. It's not soft, but the ladies are ranked 25th and they host the Maine Black Bears. Today for a doubleheader live on BYU TV starting at 6 Eastern time. Spencer Linton and Gary Shidey on the call. The Cougars have won seven of the last eight games. Tennis. The women kick off WCC play at San Diego today at 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Lacrosse. BYU is now ranked number four in the latest MCLA coaches poll. Swimming and diving. The women are competing today at the NCAA Women's Championships in Bloomington, Indiana. Natalie Benyon has also qualified to compete in the Western Region Four Corners Speedo Championship today in Louisville, Texas. So many jokes. Jeff Judkins will be on the show tomorrow. Today's Rise and Shout is brought to you by Dexter and Dexter, helping you need it most. DexterLaw.com. I want to give it to Diljeet Taylor. I think she's done a fantastic job with the distance runners. And not only cross country, they overachieved at the NCAA championships, which was great. They kind of were hoping for top 20. They were top 10 
Awesome. And then uh, had two top five finishes at the indoor NCAA championships. Well deserved. Yeah. Well deserved rise and shout. And she was a great she was a great guest. She's a great guest. She, she uh, guest. essentially called you fat. It was great. <laughs> a Twitter question. How do you define <laughs> success for BYU in the NIT? Let's go to the Twitter machine. You got tweets. At Jaker Kemp. Does this have anything to do with the NIT? Jerem's zebra gum <laughs> shirt is back. Zebra gum? I, I get the reference. That was called Fruit Stripes gum. <laughs> <laughs> because that makes more sense to me. Pretty sure, I get, I get it. Pretty sure this shirt brings as much luck as the BYUSN Karma. So you're saying a lot. Mm. Hey, I want to give a quick shout out. Keaton Kringlin's mom, Keaton Kringlin, oh, the baseball team. Yeah, I His saw mom, this. Kim, put together a fantastic photo for me. Uh, it was given to me last night about my yeah. first pitch. Hey, there Check this out. She created this for me and, and gave it to me. I, I cannot say thank you enough to to Kim and the the hard work that she oh, put into doing this for me. There's some really good photos. That is like, that is awesome. And again, wow, so thankful that she took the time to do that. It's so nice. And uh, I, I'm, I'm next time I see her, I'm going to give her a a big hug. So Kim, plan on that's that. That's it. She gets a hug for that. Yes. Yeah, so how how cool is that? That is pretty cool. Listen. So I wanted to make sure I that I, I said that to her publicly on the show. Let's give her a wristband. Oh, you did mention her on the show. Nicely done. Oh, that you was, a wristband, too? That was cool, man. Yeah, that, that was like, awesome. Yeah, was that was great. You only got one retweet on that tweet, though. We need to get more at legs out of that thing. Oh, at the time? No, they grabbed that one minute ago? Oh. <laughs> at MN Cook Pilot. Get to Madison Square Garden in New York City. Would be a success with this team this year, given youth injuries. MSG equals good start for 18. See St. Mary's College. BYU went further than St. Mary's in the NIT last year. There's not always connective tissue to the next season. That's why I say the future is overrated and the present is where it's at. But the future hasn't happened, and so it could be much better than the present. <laughs> we don't know that, when but you we want, hope. When you want to ignore the present, <laughs> just look to the future. Our elite tweet of the day at Twiggier Stone. Match past success. Need to see them in New York. I think that's... That's been that the majority yes. opinion, right? That's been and the that's majority. That's what Corey Williams thought, too. Speaking of, thanks to Corey Williams and Diljit Taylor and everybody on the crew. Conversation continuing 24-7 on Twitter. Don't forget, use the hashtag BYUSN. Do it. The show's on demand on BYUSN. You want to throw the football? Oh, yeah, yeah. On BYUSN.com, the audio podcast Better on iTunes, pitch. Google Play, and the TuneIn app. That was about 32 miles an hour. <laughs> For Jason, I'm Jerem. Shout out to Ron Turner. BYU Sports Nation back at it tomorrow at noon Eastern, but live at 6 Eastern for softball. And of course, the NIT tonight on ESPN2 and BYU Radio.